For some reason, Gentry's Marvelous Exotic Zoo has seen fit to sponsor this podcast. Gentry Zoo claims to have the most dangerous collection of dinosaurs, aberrations, oozes, demons, devils, vermin, monsters, magical creatures, animated constructs, automatons, elementals, and Cthulhus. Enter at your own risk. The estimated survival chance is approximately 50%, and that sounds very reasonable to me. Maybe I can pick up a new familiar. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me is... Pete Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. For us, as ever, it's a delight, a pleasure. I am in left in veritable paroxysms of happiness to be here. I can't help noticing you're dancing, Peter. Yes, that's because I'm so happy. <laughs> I've, I've, I've brought a guest. Did you? I hope, I hope you, you don't bring? mind. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it seems against our code of ethics to invite guests upon the programme. But very well, this once I shall permit it. Yes, that sound in the background, that's the sound of his helicopter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's had oh, to come what? here all the way from, uh, where are you, Mike? Pittsburgh, is it? Or? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is... No, it seems legit. Um, uh, so it's Mike Mylers. Hello! Yeah, so I guess it's Mike Myler, who is a writer. He's a publisher. He is the uh, editor of Insider Magazine. And many other things. You're a man with many hats, Mike. Yeah, uh, publishing is actually not the, the one hat I don't have. I do everything to, that has to do with making the book up to publishing. Then I have licensees. Ah, oh, I see, I see. Huh. I hate like, so, making sales packages of PDFs and, and then watching yeah. the market. Like, I have no interest in doing that at all. It's not the most fun part of publishing, to be fair. That's it's not as much fun as writing. No. Uh, right. We, so, we, we will be talking all about Mike and the stuff that he does later in the podcast. But right now, let's jump straight into the news, shall we? Yes. What's in the news? Uh, okay. Did you know that it's now officially harder to conjure a frog with magic than to change its colour? I'm sorry? Silence. Silence <laughs> of bewilderment. <laughs> Is uh, this so, having a stroke? So, we so want to, 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 how are you changing its colour? Are you just, like, painting it? Or are you actually changing <laughs> the pigment of the skin? Allow me, allow me to explain. Uh, yeah, so, like, Mike's got a good point with a kind of spray... You can't change it pretty easily. Paintbrush sounds pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, like it. Let's be fair. T- there's two Why researchers, John McCoy and Toma Ullman, and they uh, they did this. Uh, it's basically a massive, massive study with lots and lots of uh, surveys. Uh, and what they did was they asked people um, about their intuitive understanding of the physical world to make sense of imaginary ones. So they said, you know, order these magical feats. Yeah. In order of how difficult you think they would be. Okay. Yeah. So um, it, it turns out that um, generally speaking, everybody pretty much agreed. It was a really, really strong correlation all across. Right. Um, there was a strong agreement amongst participants that the easiest spell to cast out of the list yeah. was about ten things. Mm-hmm. Was to change a frog's colour. Okay. And the hardest yeah. would be to conjure a frog into existence. Okay. All right. Sounds like a. People have got a good grasp of mass yeah. conservation. Well, in, in between, they had to rank things like levitate the frog, teleport the frog, make the frog bigger, 
turn the frog invisible, turn it to stone, split it into two frogs, turn it into a mouse, and make it cease to exist. So they had to rank all of these things. Oh, that's interesting. Why did you turn it into a mouse score? Well, let's have yeah. a look. Let's have a look. Uh, have I got the actual chart? Right, okay. Surely sure, it's easier to, like, eat okay. a frog across the room than... So, so it went in this order. So uh, the easiest, colour. Yes. Mm. Then we had levitate. Mm -hmm. Then teleport. Right. Oh, then enlarge. Okay. 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 Then, then turn invisible. Intriguing. Then turn to stone. Oh, okay, you're right. Then split into two frogs. Okay. Then we had transform into a mouse. Right. Then we had cease to exist. Okay. And finally, we had conjure into existence. Interesting. Yeah. That's not how I would arrange So the two top ones are basically the ones that create and destroy things. Yeah. So people seem uh. to think it's easiest to move stuff, mm -hmm. hard to transform stuff, and yeah. hardest to create and destroy stuff. I suppose so. And these were just like, these weren't D&D players. These were just like the general public. Right. Yeah. Based on okay. their understanding of, you know, Harry Potter films and all that sort of stuff. And there was a bit, there was a lot of agreement amongst them. Yeah, so. a lot right. of agreement. Right, right. Oh. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. if you're interested in that sort of thing. I mean, I'm well, a, I suppose know. technically I am, yeah. So, yeah. Just, well, I, just I, 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 I know you're a, you know, you're a renowned scholar of uh, frog and magical effects. I prefer the term Frogomancer. <laughs> Frogomancer, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're doing you're, you're doing that evening course, aren't you, in Frogomancer? Well, well, well that, that, like the technically the name of the course is um, Herpetomancy for beginners. I'm like, <laughs> what do the snakes have to do with it? And like, look, it applies to frogs as well. Chill out. Like, surely Amphibiomancy would be better. Like, no, just just roll it, man. I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh, I'm but, hoping to but, get but, a certificate in Ophidian studies. But you do hop off to your course each week, don't you? I do. It's like the only way in. It's like part of the free because it's the course. Why, why are you laughing? Adult education is important. Yes. Yes, it is. Do you see what I have to deal with, Mike? Yeah, it's a real warning. <laughs> uh, shall I move on? Shall I leave the frogomancy behind us? I think it's yeah, Let's jump on to something else. Yes. Yeah. Are you a fan of heists? I know you're a fan of heists, Peter. What about you, Mike? Are you a fan of heists? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a heist fan. Because you can, now get, us? <laughs> <laughs> you can now get a book called yes. The Role Player's Guide to Heists. Ah, bah, bah, bah. Okay. Uh, so it's system neutral, yes. and it includes a whole bunch of different genres. So there's sci-fi ones, and there's like fantasy ones, and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's full of, I think it's about 25, yeah, it's 25 different heists. And what you get from each one is you get a detailed map, you get information on all the guards and the traps and stuff. And uh, it looks it looks really good fun. It's from a yeah. from a group called the uh, San Gennaro Co-op, and it's designed for any RPG. And it's on Kickstarter oh. now. Uh, you can you can already download three of the heists mm. if you wanted to check it out. One of them involves stealing a space shuttle. Nice. Uh, one of them's an in an interdimensional. I can't even say that word. An interdimensional wizard's tower, and the third is a retro robbery during Hollywood's golden age. Exciting. Yeah. Sounds like a great companion book for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, does, yeah. it does. It does. It sounds really good. I uh, think, that would be that would be now the version for what's old is new, as opposed yes. to just yes. like yes. in that, general, that which would also be true. Like, like generally having that as a companion book would be a solid choice. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Any fans of Stargate here? Yes. I watched all of Stargate because it's hard oh. to be a fan of all of Stargate because a lot I, of it is very bad. 
I, I, I've watched the film and about five episodes, but I really like the idea of Stargate. Okay, I have never I, seen any I, Stargate. I, I'm over 20 years out of date, what of it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I remember the first movie was solid, and then it's, it's kind of downhill from there, and the TV series is a rapid, rapid, rapid dash down a cliff. Aren't there about eight different TV series? There's, yeah. There's yeah, loads of them. There's Stargate Universe, and that's like ten series. That's 240 mm. episodes. That was like 70 quid on Amazon. I was like thinking that looked like a solid, solid, solid investment. Huh. Well, there's going to be a Stargate RPG. Yes, using 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Using 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. Which is a curious choice, but okay. I'll yeah. roll with that. Yeah, yeah. So when Penny Arcade was like, we're going to make Sourcebook, uh, yes. Watsy brought them on as like a side publishing house. Yes. And then when the guy who made Neverwinter Nights was like, I'm going to start making Sourcebooks, they brought him in as a side. So like, do you think they're going to do this also with Stargate? Do you think that's going to hit the threshold for like, this is big enough where like, we're concerned about it, so like we're just going to break it in house. Uh, maybe, but bear in mind, Stargate—the rights to Stargate—is owned by MGM, which is a much, much bigger entity than, say, um, Penny Arcade or something like that. So, yeah. it oh, might, sure, but it might be a little more complicated and tricky, and involves sub-licensing and all that sort of stuff. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm getting in my head like an image of like one of those like deep sea fish, like the anglerfish, where it's got like a little tiny bright thing, and behind it is a big lurking maw. <laughs> And Stargate's like little shiny thing, and the big lurking yeah. ball is MGM. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it says here, on the old press release, it says here that um, this was uh, sort of arranged by a, a company called Brand Genuity, which is a, a leading global independent brand licensing agency. Okay. So, you know, it's uh, it's probably it's probably more of a tricky licensing situation than, than Penny Arcade. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's a good, that's a good, good point. So yeah. who, who knows? Because, because from my experience of these things, you get when, you, when you've got all these different companies involved, they all want a cut of the pie, and suddenly, mm. if you've got so many of the, you're sub licensing down and stuff, suddenly there's so little money to be made that mm. maybe Obviously it's just not even worth. It. Yeah, mm. but hey, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, yeah. Hey, we've got a bit of sad news. Oh yes, yes. Uh, James, I think it's Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, he was the founder of RPG Now, yeah, uh, and of Minion Games, RPG Shop, Game yeah. Universe, um, chain of, um, uh, brick and mortar stores and stuff like that. Uh, he died last week at the age of 52. Uh, yeah. Very young. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, he died in his sleep. I don't know what of, mm-hmm. um, but he was, he was one of those people that, it, was, it wasn't usually in the headlines, but he was one of those things, people in the background of the industry, and was really, really important to the industry. Yeah. Influential, um, helping yeah, things get very, distributed. Very intimate, yeah, getting, yeah. He was into board games, right? Uh, these days, uh, more recently he was. I mean, he created RPG Now, you know, yes. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then five years later, that merged with Drive Through RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then he has been like a partner in one bookshelf, which owns them both. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, he basically pioneered the PDF industry sort of single handedly. But I mean, he created that entire industry, created RPG because uh, nothing existed like that before RPG now. Yeah. Like, Paizo didn't exist. So their site wasn't there. Um, Steve Jackson games is, um, online store. Wasn't there. You know, so yeah. it was, the, it was the first one. I remember when it opened because uh, our first book, Wild Spellcraft, was there in like the first weeks. Mm. It was one of the very, very first ever products on uh, on RPG. Now, which, no. you know, Ma- massively, 
massively influential on just the way people consume RPGs now. Like, mm. I personally have a huge backlog of PDFs, some of which I've never opened, but it's it's just like, it's all part of the large amount of creativity that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's sad. I think a lot of people are going to miss James because yeah. he's one of those people that was a, a proper mentor to a lot of people. He wrote lots of blogs of advice on how to use Kickstarter, how to produce board games, all this sort of stuff, and was always happy to sort of share share his knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sad times. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. our thoughts with his family. Yeah. Uh, should we run into some slightly better news? Yes. Let's. Yes. Uh, yes. Is that the Origins Awards? Is that the slightly better news? Because uh, uh, We could do that. Okay, let's jump forward to the Origins Awards. Where are we? Here we go. Yes. Uh, right then, Origins Yes. Just calling them up. So the Origins Award winners have been announced. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, obviously the Origins Awards are a lot more than RPGs. It's board games, card games, and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And this being an RPG podcast, I'll just kind of zoom in on the RPG categories. Yes. So role-playing game, mm-hmm. Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. Mm. Which is um, interesting. Choice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, role-playing yeah. game supplement... Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. Hmm. Yes. Um, certainly a big shift from elsewhere, I must say. Um, not necessarily unwelcome, but I didn't. I did not expect to see Vampire Fifth Edition in particular pick up a best RPG. Um, no, I, I was a little surprised by that, but yeah. there we go. There we go. Maybe maybe, um, uh, maybe a vote of confidence in Medifius. Um and letting them know that the vampire fans out there are still keen to support them with the change in ownership. Possibly, possibly. I mean, it's still, it's, it's still owned by White Wolf. It's just that uh, Medivis mm-hmm. are distributing it, uh, yeah. producing it for them. They're uh, a licensee, essentially. As it has as part of their game to, has part of their aim to distribute all games everywhere. Yes, every yes. single game that has ever been made and ever will be made is published and distributed by Medivis Entertainment. <laughs> Yes, I'm expecting the knock on the door for the uh, Modifius police to turn up and yeah. say, so, Boris. <laughs> um, otherwise, we've got uh, board game was uh, root by Leder Games, Leder Games, Leder Games. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, yeah. Also, Game of the Year. Card game was The Mind by Pandasaurus Games. Yeah. Family game was the Tea Dragon Society card game, Renegade Game Studios. Uh, miniatures game was Necromunda. Mm. Again, and, a bit of a surprise, but yeah. Yeah, uh, game accessory 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 was the Black Dragon Trophy Pack by Whiskits. That does have a very intriguing name. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. Oh, it looks pretty cool. I haven't oh, yeah, actually it seen it. Let me call that up. It's Let's worth start. Googling. It's worth, yeah, no, I see why this won an award. This is pretty dope. Let's pull that up. Okay, Black... Oh, I see. It's a Black Dragon Head to put on your wall. You know, like stag heads. But it's a black dragon head. Oh, I see. So it's something you might actually want on your wall. Oh, hello. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty dumb looking. Wow. That is, okay. that is quite cool looking, yeah. Is this the same one? Like £432? Uh, yeah, I think it's I'm seeing $449. So yeah, it sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> There's oh. a person's head for a comparison, and it is bigger than the person's head. It's about twice the size of her head, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh, crikey, yes. That is... I guess that's, what, a young black dragon, then? Yeah, I, it's a sort... I, I, oh, it was just a baby. And then some adventurers stabbed it. Uh, and then cut its head off and stuck it on the wall. Uh, you can buy it for $450. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, will somebody oh. please think of the dragons? <laughs> I feel really bad for the poor dragon. Yes. That would be an awesome Shadowrun adventure. <laughs> you gotta look into this toy company. They're releasing these dragon head plaques, and yeah, the dragons are looking at people. Yeah. Hey, so do either of you two know what is the most popular D and D alignment? Uh, yes. You, you do know. You've seen this bit of news, have you? Uh, yes. Ah, okay. Well, I can't. I can't surprise you with it then. You can pretend you can't to be surprised. Surprise me. I suppose. You, you can surprise Mike, however. Have you, have you seen uh, it, Mike? Uh, I think I have. Oh, what do you think yeah. it is then? Uh, I'm going to say it was chaotic good, right? Hey. It is in fact chaotic good, yes. Go. It is chaotic good. 23% oh. of characters are chaotic good, according to D&D Beyond, with a data dump of over 12 million characters on its platform. Oof, that is a lot of characters. That is a lot of characters. What surprised me was the second highest. Chaotic, chaotic neutral? Chaotic neutral. The alignment that I like the least. I hate that alignment. Uh, I, I thought that would actually be the most popular... It's, it's kind it's of like, like the chicken I don't need to I'm not actually I'm not actually evil honest gov alignment, isn't it? Your, D, your DM said you can't play evil, so right, I'm going to be chaotic neutral, which basically means I can do whatever I like, and oh, surprise, everything I'm doing is evil. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that, that, that's pretty much the default setting. I'm like, I, I, I have no time for this now. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an evil act. You're evil now. Yeah. Get out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the least yeah. the least popular was chaotic evil, but I yeah. think that's possibly because evil alignments tend to be banned in a lot of games. So the three oh. evil alignments are at the bottom there. Well, like lawful evil, okay, you're not a nice person, but actually, I think that would be a lot easier to deal with than chaotic neutral because the more chaos mm. you have in your party, the harder it is to do anything. And well, chaotic yeah. evil is basically. I mean, cha- I'm chaotic- a what you gonna do? Yeah, well, chaotic neutral is you don't care about good or evil. All you care about is chaos. A bit. You're, you're, you're neutral on the good and evil front. You have no opinion. Yes, you're, you know, you're right in the middle there. Yeah. So all it is is chaos. Chaotic neutral is just chaos. Yes. So I guess it's the Joker. I said no. I say the Joker's chaotic evil. No, Joker's chaotic evil for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think chaotic neutral is more just uh, uh, not necessarily like I'm into you know anarchy, but like you know screw the law, screw authority. I am my own authority. Mm. I think is. Well, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess so. Either way, um, it's a, it's definitely a bit of a cop out in terms of um, choosing stuff. But then of course, if people go with lawful stupid, sorry, lawful good, um, and insist on playing it in a certain fashion, it's not always a strong choice. Mm. Mm, yeah. Hey, in, in in the perfect news item for an audio medium. Yes, yes. I've got in front of me here the full art for the Pathfinder landscape GM screen. <laughs> Which nobody listening to this can see because it's a podcast. Oh, for us, for us, for us. <laughs> what are you like? Okay, but so it does enough. look gorgeous. What, what, what's the name of this thing? It's the this Pathfinder is... Second Ed GM screen. Yes, it is absolutely lovely. Oh yeah, no, I saw that. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I remember thinking like, ah, oh, damn, you guys, you guys are definitely putting some putting some investment in there. Right yeah, and the artwork is from uh, Ekaterina Burmack. Uh... And it's a four-panel landscape screen. Yeah, that's really smartly laid out for where the folds are. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, all the folds are on, on columns or in the one spot where the ice falls. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah. So essentially you've got um, so you've got a four-panel GM screen and each and it would go each of those three middle columns is essentially a large column of stone. You've got uh, looks like a wizard and some sort of monk facing off against ghouls and 
jumping out, and there's probably some sort of ranger in there. So then you get got green tone, and then it goes to the yes. red tone with the ogres, and oh. the fire, and Amiri the barbarian. Yeah, like just leaping up, an amazing action shot. Then we slip over. Uh, it's looking like I'm getting. That's an Abeleth. Yeah, uh, you reckon that's an Abeleth? Is that an Abeleth? Yeah, it's definitely an Avalith. It, it it's got a little uh, angler thing coming off it. It kind of looks like a catfish to me, but... Um, yeah, uh, so a giant it's catfish. It's basically got like a little bunch of Stargate larks hanging out, and there's MGM leaping out. And, <laughs> and um, facing off against uh, some sort of paladin, and uh, looks like, uh, I think, probably a sorceress or something. Um, just straight out of the water. Up there in the uplift, yeah. And then finally, we've got uh, some sort of... Vaguely Arabian, I'm guessing some sort of battle mage, and there's a that's blue dragon. That's a cleric. Ah, okay. Cleric, blue dragon, a mount, a literal mountain of gold, and they're just laying into it. Yeah, that's that's a solid screen, I must say. Mm. Right. Anyway, anything else on the news? Uh, only one last piece of news. Yes. Because. Yes. As of yesterday. Yes. Today being Wednesday. <laughs> when this podcast goes out, or tomorrow, oh, as we record it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I know what bit of news might be causing you some happiness. <laughs> well, I, I don't know in advance whether it will be causing me happiness or, or despair. I, I, I can tell you exactly how it's going to work. So for the first week or so, you'll be very happy. Then for the next two weeks, you're going to be insufferable, going, oh, nobody's doing anything. And then for the final week, you'll be increasingly stressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then after that week is up, you'll then move on to a further two weeks, at minimum, of stressing about stuff, with maybe calming down after the next two weeks. That, that's my <laughs> prediction. How am I doing, Russ? <laughs> um, yeah, it's almost like you've seen me do this before, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. I, It'll be less stressful than Judge Dredd. I know that so, for a fact. So, a touch more class. Ah. As you listen to this, launched <laughs> yesterday. Yep. It did incredibly well, slash didn't do well. Cross out what doesn't apply. <laughs> I, well, we, we are recording this in the past, obviously, yes. because um, retro broadcasting is not currently a thing. So what it is, is tomorrow, from our point of view, yesterday from you, brave listeners, or possibly from some independent point in the future, on Tuesday the 18th of June at 6pm British Summer Time, Russ will be launching his A Touch More Class Kickstarter, um, and that's why him and Mike Milers are here, looking a bit shifty, a little bit worried, but I'm sure it'll be fine because I've, I've had a sneak peek at a lot of stuff, and I'll be honest, it looks really nice you'll probably have to edit that last bit Daryl but I know what I said I'm sticking by it <laughs> fair enough <laughs> language language <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we'll talk we'll talk about it a bit more later yeah. but I thought what might be fun is let's yes. both make a guess yes as to what how well it does in the first 24 hours ooh because none of us know. It's going to be a complete guess. How, how many... Let's do it in pounds. How many pounds would it make in the first 24 hours? From What's, the tar- What's the target? Is this- uh, the target is... $1,000. Yeah, £1,000. Is um, the tw- first 24 hours what Kick Tracker has the first 24 hours? The actual first 24 hours. Yeah, so at 6pm on Wednesday, what, yes. will, what will the total be at 6pm on Wednesday? Okay. About 1500 
You reckon 1,500? Mike? Uh, you know... I am a pragmatist, so because he said 1,500, I'm going to say 1,200. Okay. I'm going to say 1,501. <laughs> <laughs> classic, Russ. Classic one. That's some shit. No, I'm going to go, go optimistically yeah. 3,000. I think we'll have more than 3,000. Yeah. If, 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 if you think we'll have more than 3,000, why did you say 1,200? <laughs> <laughs> Because he's being a worse. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want to sound too overconfident. I was thinking 12,000 when I said 1,200. Oh, you meant 12,000. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's possible, but I, I don't know. Well, I mean, so the last one did 77, and you make a third of your funding in the first week, and mm-hmm. like sometimes as much as 25% on the first day. Yeah. So if you assume half as much, 35,000, break that in. Mm. Yeah. Depends if uh, sequels do as well as the originals, though. That's true. Although I, I think we've made a better book. We're going to talk about it. No, yeah, I, I think it looks like a much stronger book. Um, and it looks really nice, i got to say. I'm not just saying that because it's green as well, either. Like, I actually think... <laughs> <laughs> I very self things. Just, just try... literally judges books based on their colour. <laughs> not, not even by the cover, by the colour. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike no, 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 you've got a drink from there. The, the, the drink needs to go into your face, not, not down your front. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there will be now be a brief pause for giggling. Right, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk about yes. all that in, 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 a, in a bit, in the second half of the podcast. Yes, but it's very exciting. And as I say, that's why uh, Mandate RPG has a date that is, um, for me, 35 days into the future. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Hello, everyone. Your editor, Daryl, here. The Kickstarter launched successfully and funded in the first four minutes after launch, which is pretty much about as fast as you can fund just navigating the site as it is. As far as the first day... KickTrack doesn't break things down into 24 hours. They break them down into days. However, the first day, according to KickTrack, it raised 11,643 pounds. At the time of recording this message, we are currently sitting at 464 backers with pledges of 19,600 pounds. And you've still got 29 more days to get in, so make sure to check out A Touch More Class. The link is in the show notes. How do you, how do you feel about doing the Kickstarter game? I love to play our favourite game in all the world ever. Have okay. you told Mike that he's playing his favourite game in all the world ever? <laughs> have, you, have you heard the game, Mike? Do you know the game? I have. I listened to the last couple of episodes of the podcast, yeah, so I'm familiar with okay, the game. Then. Oh, we've had someone who's prepared before coming on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what to well, do in I this mean, situation. Russ does send me money every month, so I was like, do I need to listen to these podcasts? I was like, I probably do need to listen to these podcasts. Yeah. It, it seems polite to at least pretend some knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so our favourite game ever is, of course, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you have to guess what it is from just the name. Peter, I'll would you go, like I'll to go start? First. All right, then. What is yes. Sundered Ages? It's an awesome name. Mm, if you're going to call your game Sundered Ages, then I am going to want to pick that up and be instantly reading about a new 
role-playing setting which is all based around time travel and how the timeline has been fractured into various things and you are tasked with knitting it back together um, as part of your like I don't know, time core organisation. Um, flitting back and forth between various things in a sort of mad feng shui saving the galaxy style thing. Mm. What you've just described is Time Watch by Kevin Culp. Which is also pretty awesome. Yes, but it's not this. No. So no. Sundered Ages is yes. a class free yes. D20 yes. fantasy adventure game. So it looks to me like it's basically D&D without classes, as far as I can make out. I'm listening, and what... Well, it describes, it, itself, it describes itself as the best D20 system yes. you've never heard of. It's got class-free character creation, a play-it-your-way spell system, I'm not sure what that means, easy-to-understand combat, digital PDF usable from any device... As opposed to those PDFs that can't be, I suppose. I don't know. Those PDFs you have to print out, or as we call them, <laughs> books. <laughs> yeah. So one of those PDFs that you can use for my kettle. Excellent. I always like those PDFs. Uh, I do enjoy the games best when I can play them on my fridge. It's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, linked pages for easy navigation. Really? Linking pages on an electronic document? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever will they come up with next? Hmm. It certainly sounds like they're taking bold new steps rather than just, I don't know, taking the pdf of oh. the book and oh. then sending that out because that was very popular looking shifty over there chaps it's been cancelled <laughs> oh, it. it. it's just been cancelled sufficient to retroactively cancel kickstarters <laughs> Wow! What yeah. a lame ass superpower you got. <laughs> yeah. You just can complain about a Kickstarter's like PDF and like it crashes. Like, yeah, pretty much. God. Yeah, like, oh. I mean, we're imagining, me, like you got us in your yeah, you, palm, you but like everybody that, else did not. But care. I think you'll find. Let me look at the reason why it's villain. You should probably not annoy me too much, Mike. What with oh, I don't know, some sort of project that you might have coming in the next couple of days. Right, okay, it's been cancelled because all the feedback he got was that people wanted a physical project rather than a PDF. Yeah, well, that's true. Okay. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, At least in Kickstarter, that's 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 why people are there, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. where the physical yeah. market can persist. All right, okay. then. Well, uh, he's learned his lesson, and now he can price it up for a physical project. All right, are you, are you ready for one, Mike? Come on, Mike, you can do it. Bring it on, let's do it. Whoop. Okay. What is, what is Dust Wardens? Uh, Dust Wardens mm. is a 5e Western campaign setting with sci fi mm. Interesting. Wrong, but interesting. Oh, I thought you like knew what it was. It was you were, like, <laughs> I know, I tried to get in there he said, he said it, he said it so confidently as well. <laughs> no, I, I was like, yeah, then. Oh, this sounds, this sounds legit. Oh, oh, to be fair, I don't, think I don't think that's a bad guess based on just the name there. But what this is, is a uh, it's a queer RPG about community and connection in a haunted roadside apocalypse. So it's powered by the apocalypse. Right. And, and it's about polyamory and queer families and safe havens in a world that wants to hurt us. But why is it called Dust Walk? Is it, that's it's not, on I the wouldn't road? be called a Dust Warden. So oh, okay. I, think, I mean, that sounds cool. Oh, oh. Like, well, it sounds it like an interesting ha- game. Well, it says haunted roadside apocalypse. So is that where the dust is? I guess. Are you, 
the dust, I think, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the dust, uh, like apocalyptic. Uh, I guess, yeah. yeah. Sure, I get that. And wardens, because you're guarding. Like, mm, are you supposed to play wardens? I, 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 I thought suppose. it was about community, but I guess wardens yeah. protect the community. I, I, I mean, if I was going to have a pun there, I said, well, I guess it's the game where you are um, the, uh, protecting your fellow dust bunnies from the um, harsh vagaries of the incoming Hoover people and um, the terrible sweeping that goes on occasionally. And um, mm. how can, what can you do to prevent these terrible world-ending apocalypse eye? You are definitely, definitely, that would definitely, definitely taking that literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it says, all right, yeah, if I was going to play a game called Dust Wardens, that's what I'd be expecting. I'm not against what they're saying. I'm intrigued by it, but that is not my first thought, I'll be honest. So, yeah. Okay. It sounds like it's a good fit for Powered by the Apocalypse. It's, yeah, Excellent I mean, it, it, it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Yeah, yeah. No, perfect. Okay. Moving on. Next yes. one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Peter, what is... Yes. Zoe Trope. Z-O-E-T-R-O-P-E. One nice. word. Oh, okay. So not a nice young lady. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not a lady called Zoe Trope. It's but, but, Zoe Trope. Uh, oh, interesting. Oh... Oh, hmm. I think that my grasp of uh, Latin is not going to help me out here because it's not a very good grasp because I had to pick it all up myself. But I'm pretty sure that the trope part is something to do with shape, uh, potentially speaking, um, rather than the more common story usage. For instance, allotrope, the allotrope of Carbon has several allotropes, which means it exists as diamonds, bookmaster fullerenes, and graphite, and it's all elementally pure carbon. So I'm thinking zoetrope is from that, but I don't know what zoe means. Um, let's take a punt. It probably should be zootrope, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a game about uh, shape-shifting between animals, um, and probably an original system. Hmm. Okay, do you remember about five minutes ago? Yes. You described yes a role playing game about being um, dust wardens, where you are protecting no, no, the before that one, Before that one, what you thought Sundered Ages was? Oh yes, yes, yes. Where you're like uh, doing time travel and stuff like that, yeah. and saving the world that way. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what this is, is ironically. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Then. <laughs> right, right. Description. Wrong Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've 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 got Time Watch by Kevin Culp. No, sorry, uh, Zoe Trope. Uh, I don't get I don't get the name. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something there. I don't understand what the name means. But it's yeah. a it's a card based time travel role playing game. A card based time travel role playing mm. game, as in what you uh, uh, draw. Well, uh, tropes is probably there's a lot of time na- time travel narrative tropes. I guess mm-hmm. right. I guess that must be it. I mean, it says here, basically, um, it's an easy game to sit down and play. Each player is dealt a roll card, which tells them how many action, time, and gear cards they get. and gives them a special ability when they travel backwards in time. They also get trait cards, which give them little bonuses or powers. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, okay. That sounds intriguing. Does that have good artwork? Yeah, I like the artwork. I do like the artwork. Uh, okay, I've just Googled the word zoetrope. Oh, yeah, yeah. A zoetrope is one of several pre-film animation devices that produce the illusion of motion by displaying oh. a sequence of drawings or photographs showing progressive phases of that motion. That's a zoetrope. Oh, 
Yes, I have seen that. That's like where you like spin a thing and you're looking yes, at yeah. it and it looks like there's a horse dancing. Like yeah, a, like a, photos from my vacation. Yeah. There you go. That's what a zoetrope is. No, it's it's more like when you spin something, it looks like you see um like a carousel or something going yeah, along. Yeah, it's like a cylindrical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I have, I have, I have in fact seen a zoetrope. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, now, now I know what it's called. Yes, I have as well. Yeah. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't, I just didn't connect the word with it. Right, are you He's ready for another one? It's Mike's Mike. turn this time. <laughs> you can do right it. Then, Mike. This one is called Rust Hulks. Ooh. Okay, Rust Hulks is definitely in space. I am going to bet it... Oh, no, shit. Okay, so now it's in space. Uh, I'm going to go with Savage Worlds sci-fi uh, exploration setting game. Hmm. It's... In space. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Closest so far. <laughs> it's powered by the apocalypse, not Savage Worlds. Oh, damn it. And basically, you play the crew of a large, derelict spaceship, flying around the solar system, picking up jobs, earning credits, scraping through hulks, and improving your skills and expanding your ship. Oh. Well, so it basically sounds like it's Firefly. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds yeah. pretty much. Okay. Right. Well, that, that's, uh, that's going to be popular, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think... Uh, I'll give you a couple of points for that. Is that. Are you the only person who have gotten any points so far in this game? So far! Congratulations! It's been a complete washout, apart from the couple of points you got for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there isn't... Yeah, the rest... Uh, there's, a, there's a whole load of dice sets. I'm not going to go through those, because there's loads of them. We've Are they pretty? Some, do they have any pretty dice though? Uh, we've got some pixel life ones. We've got some handmade zodiac gemstone ones. We've got some royalty half sea ones. We've got Ooh. some wieldwood handcrafted dice sets Ooh. made out of wood. We've got an epic forty-eight millimeter dice. What's forty-eight millimeter? Forty-eight mil. So that's like five that? centimeters almost. So it's two inches. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's not that. It's not like that. a cube. Yeah. Big enough you can hurt somebody with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got, I got some metal dice the other day, and them D4s, it's like caltrops. Ooh, yeah. Get a handful of metal D4s, <laughs> leave them behind as you flee. <laughs> yeah, crikey. All right. right so, I think it's safe to say that Mike has won our favourite game in all the world this hey, week, but only hey, just. <laughs> by, he only won it by guessing that Derelict Hulks was set in space. <laughs> or whatever it was called. Rust Hulks it. was set in space. <laughs> Wins a win. Yeah, wins a win. This uh, is America over it. here. Wins a win. Just take it, Mike. Just take it. <laughs> run, run. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M O W R U S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. 
Mm. I'm sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. And our topic of the week is, of course, yes. a touch more class ah! <laughs> with a sprinkling of Insider magazine ah! and possibly a side dish with the various other products that Moat's involved in. Whoop, whoop. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just slowly switching. <laughs> um, we digress. <laughs> so shall we, no, shall we start with a touch more class then? Because I'm sure, I'm sure we've yeah. never, ever, ever mentioned that on this podcast before, and nobody's got any idea what we're talking about. Well, well to, 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 to be fair, despite having mentioned many, many times that this Kickstarter that Ian Gold, uh, Ian, sorry, Ian Publishing and Ian Sider are doing repeatedly on this podcast, I'm sort of like, oh, is, is that a Kickstarter that's due to come out? Or said to me this morning. Uh, uh. I mean, hi, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that actually oh. listen to the podcast? Because I don't know reasons. Reasons. <laughs> yes, well, yes. It, it's a podcast can... that you two are personally involved in. That you have yes. stake in. It's very exciting. It's about the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. There's all sorts of different classes. Or I don't know a lot. I know there's a lot of different and interesting names. Um, mm-hmm. What's your personal favourites? Okay. Oh, I know what mine is. Yeah, just pick your favourite child. It's like, I don't know it's like Sophie's choice man. here. Well, mine was a toss between... Okay, let, 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 guys, 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 let me make it easy for you. You can pick two, one from a touch more class and one from a touch of class, which is, as I understand it, has been updated with all the feedback you've had since it was released. Yes. It's been improved. It's been, like you've taken out all the spelling errors that Russ put in to catch people out. Um. <laughs> there were no spelling errors. <laughs> <laughs> There were some minor stuff, grammatical please. errors and found a couple spells that weren't OGL. Uh, <sighs> yeah, there's there's a lot of really good feedback. And I'm, so far, nobody's complained about the, the fixes. They've all been happy hmm. Okay, so my favorite, my favorite from a touch more class yes. would be the Savant. Nice. Which is basically a fantasy Sherlock Holmes. In the just, Robert Downey Jr. style, I believe. In the, yeah, in the more than Robert Downey Jr. style. Stop okay. using your, uh, your brilliance. Yes. Your your mind to accomplish tasks, but not in a not in a sort of the way a wizard does, but yeah. just just because you're so damn clever, punching smarter, not harder. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say, Mike? What's your favourite? So honourable mention for the Blood Weaver because I really like the idea of uh, fluid spell resources mm. and like you know sacking your health for more spells is a concept I really yeah. enjoy. But. Uh, I'm going to go with the Fate Bender, just because I'm like the guy who always likes playing the reroll characters, and that, that's the no class. Fair enough. You remember the Auspician from 3-5? Um, mm-hmm. It was a prestige class. Yeah, yeah, I loved playing the Auspician. And this is this is the Auspician expanded into like a whole class. Nice, nice. Um, I was very excited when I saw that there was a Gunslinger class with three separate subclasses. Uh, like, I do like myself a bit of black powder, pew, 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 pew. Um, mm. Because there's nothing I enjoy more than like planning my object, I, my item interactions, and my bo- use of bonus actions in order to make sure that I can go. Aha! Hey, shoo, shoo. Oh, I've missed. Never mind. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get another good answer. Oh, I've missed with that one. Uh, because um, Sound of Fury is pretty much my modus operandi. Okay. Well, you've, seen, you've seen basically the summaries of each of them, haven't you? 
Yes. Yeah, I have. So you know what's uh, in there, even if you haven't seen the detail. I, I thought the Gemini were certainly very clever. That's where you have, like, what, a character that is two characters? I, I don't really understand it. I have to dig into it more. What's, what's the Gemini about? You've got, like, an internal struggle where there, you, there are two facets of your personality that take hold, and every day you wake up, you roll, and oh. on an even result, you're the one thing, and on an odd result, you're the other. So it's, like, uh, fearful or courageous. Oh. Uh, the other one's like old or young, mm-hmm. and then the third archetype was about like being physically uh, adept or being like mentally focused. Okay, so you're really digging down into that sort of Janna slash Jekyll and Hyde slash Two Face sort of vibe that's going on there. Yes. Okay, but on a daily yes. basis rather than on an encounter basis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then like when you fight, you don't get like extra attacks. Yeah. You create semi-illusory duplicates of yourself that also attack when you attack. Ooh, so charming. it's about being an agile warrior yes. as opposed to. Yeah, some sort of de- dex-based rather than like uh, whacking things with a two-handed greatsword. Mm. Which i got to admit, I still have a soft spot for. A two-handed yeah. greatsword. Yeah. Fr- You've got to do a lot of work to make that. I think, I think yeah. my, other, my, my, my follow-up to um, favourites are the Monster Tamer. Mm. Because basically, I think D&D needs, really needs a good, solid pet handling class. You, you can make the Beastmaster Ranger work, but you need to be a bit of a wonk about it. Mm. It's not it's not a simple task. I, I'm not even sure I've managed to make it. I know there's a chap called Trian Monk who produced an hour-long video uh, in order to make the case that <laughs> the Beastmaster <laughs> Ranger was not completely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see how that works, but yeah, it's tricky. So if you've yeah. got something that works a bit better, there's a lot of people want to play with pets. So fantastic, yeah. good stuff. Well, and the other one I like is the Tinkerer. I do I do like the Tinkerer with the uh, Mechanic, Bombardier, and Steam Knight subclasses. Ah, I see. So you're you're ready to take on the uh, Artificer from uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, it's uh, not, yeah. not exactly the same, but yeah, there's, there's, there's an overlap. I'm hearing mixed things here, guys. Like Mike's like, yeah, we could do that. No problem. Also, like the, the artificer, which first of all, which artificer are you talking about? Was it the ghost? You talking about the first one or the one? That's uh, the more? latest. The late. I've only seen the latest version. Yeah, yeah. The tinker does more than that. The tinker is more like uh, the artificer would be uh, anal- analogous to like Daedalus, maybe. Okay. Uh, the tinker is much more Iron Man. Granted, okay. Victorian Iron well, Man, but still Iron Man. Nice, strong choice. Hmm. Like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's the one that's the Steam Knight option. The other options are less Iron Man. That's when I think Tinker. I'm I'm instantly thinking of like the Marvel sixteen oh two where Iron Man is the Spanish Knight. Mm-mm-mm. If you guys have read that, you, oh, it's an amazing comic book series, Marvel sixteen oh two. So basically, your choice is you can either play with the Unearthed Arcana Artificer, and you can get a guy who maybe has some wings and those enough to stay away from the sun, or you can play with the a touch more class Tinkerer and be like, yeah, you know what's awesome? Rocket packs are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no i like it i like it okay um, yeah. and what about from the original the og book a touch ooh. of class ooh, because you can get both books on this kickstarter they are both available both in the kickstarter in fact you can also get a hardcover which combines the two i i, I did notice like uh something like 45 of our english pounds that it was possible to get both of them in a jolly dolly hardback um mm. hmm yeah, it's like a two hundred page book almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. coming approach, approaching two hundred. Yeah, so I think from the original, uh, ooh, it's a difficult one uh, to choose. I like the Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also 
kind of fond of the Feywalker. Did you see the new Feywalker tweaks? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm much happier with the Fate yeah, Walker the yeah. way it works in place yeah. now. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about the Fate Walker tweaks, because... Uh, sorry, it was Fate or Fey? Fey. Fey. Okay, right. right. Yes. So you're sort of going into the Fey Wilds and hopping around there. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, first of all, when I was looking through Ward Kinds of Tomo yeah. Foes the other week, I saw a Fey Step worded almost exactly the same way as it is in the Fey Walker. Oh. So thank you, guys. <laughs> nice to know you're looking out. Yep. Um... They get more attacks after the revision because one of the main complaints about them was like they're just not dealing enough damage. Okay, so that's like what, a martial class then? Yes, yes, they're meant to be uh, agile fighters, but also with like much like a like a weird chaotic ranger thing working into it. So okay. if you want to be like, if you don't like the way the rangers work yeah. out for fighting, yeah. and you don't particularly care about the like helping the party stuff, the Feywalker is. Yeah, I mean it's got abilities sort of like you can teleport short distances and you can uh, fit around the backfield and uh, all sorts of stuff. Lots of sort of little Fey tricks. So, so thinking more sort of a cross between Shadow Monk. Horizon Walker, that sort of intellectual territory, but extra stabby. Extra stabby. Yes. I love that phrase. <laughs> You're welcome. With a bit, you of, with a bit, with a bit <laughs> of bonus stabbing. <laughs> Everyone likes a good stabbing. <laughs> well, except for monsters. But they don't count. Those guys have been stabbed. And no one thinks they don't hmm. like what they think. Yeah. What would uh, you what? say from the from the first book, Mike? What would you choose? Well, I'm going to say right now that I'm not going to select the Occultist or the Diablish or the Feywalker because I made all Okay. Things. That's oh, fair, okay. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you don't... With that in mind... So, listeners, if you don't like if castle. you don't like any of those classes, then it is Mike's fault and you should write it in the It's true, <laughs> yes. yeah. That is entirely we'll my put, fault We'll put his point, home so. address in the show notes. <laughs> And so, his home phone number. Stamp self-addressed envelopes for your convenience. No. I think that would probably add to the printing cost, so we won't have it, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, you, you're saying the card caster. Yeah, yeah. So the way I've been likening this to people is like, it was an amazing, sumptuous, incredibly well-cooked meal served in your super uncomfortable dining room with all of your family watching you, like, while you're naked. So we fixed it, and it all, it reads so much better. It's so much easier to understand. Let, let, let's let's just assume, Mike, that I have never actually read what the card caster does. I'm going to assume. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. I've not seen it. So, and your spells are determined by what cards you have in your right. hand, and all your spells are, are are tied off to tarot cards. Okay, sweet. So, yeah. like you play so death. Like, uh, Aha, I win. <laughs> kind of. Uh, the death card lets you play. Let me find death, and I'll tell you what. Okay. So you essentially got like. A uh, whole bunch of you got like a proper tarot deck, major, minor, arcana, which I suppose with the changes you can actually represent with like a standard playing card deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you, or you can use our custom card caster deck, <gasps> which we'll be setting in the Kickstarter. Try saying that. Death lets you cast animate dead, cloud kill, contagion, or insect plague. Nice. There you go. So, you, oh, okay. So rather than. Having a list of it's not just spells. one spell, it's a couple spells. Okay, so it depends what card you draw, and that gives you a list of spells which you can cast any one of, depending upon yeah. your spell slots and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. And now you have spell slots. Before, you didn't have spell slots, Ooh. which is horribly problematic for a number of different so reasons. So problematic, so wrong. Good. Good. <laughs> card caster, now fixed. Yes, sorry. Um, I, I haven't actually, as I said, I haven't actually seen these yet, so I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Receive trust whatever I can allow these classes to be played oh, yeah, in my no, game, podcast. and you're like, "Oh yes, yes, we put some soul slots on them now." What monstrosities <laughs> are you inflicting upon my game, Mike Myers? 
Why would you do this to me? Well, before it had something like spell slots, but it, it, something that's like a spell slot can't be used with, for example, Divine Smite from a Paladin. No. Or uh, won't stack with your spellcasting levels from another class because they're not spell slots if you don't call them Wouldn't be able to recover it from a Pearl of Power, which would be a problem. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And, it, and you know what? I feel sort of like a Billy Mays type character here. But wait, there's even more. Because not only can you get a touch of class, a touch more class, and a custom cardcaster deck, mm-hmm. you can also get... And the hardcover compilation. And, and the hardcover compilation of the of those books as well. You also get a whole pile of extra stuff of PDFs from Inside the Magazine. Yes, 28 of the things. 28 extra subclasses. No, no, 28 PDFs 28, containing oh, subclasses, about 20, 60 subclasses. Tw- okay, so 20, okay, like, okay, my mind is just, like, blown here. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, one subclass per PDF, each article oh. is a different, each PDF is a different supplement. So you got 28 PDF. you got 28 PDFs as a bonus, which gives you access to an extra 60 subclasses. I mean, mm. what, what, why so many subclasses? What do we need all these for? What's, what's going on now? Who doesn't like all- subclasses? Bad people. I mean, we're giving those for free as well. We're not charging people for these things. So these 28 PDFs, if you back right. the Kickstarter, yes. um, for I think it's 20 quid or more, so just buy one book, yeah. you just get them all for free. It's not, yeah. you know, we're not charging for them. They're just a bonus. Just to, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit, just to make it a little bit more attractive. It's like you're, you're literally making it rain with PDFs and books and all that sort of thing at like quite frankly ridiculous prices um and that's ridiculous in a good way rather than overcharging which is which is pleasant, <laughs> which is pleasant to see has a fiscal retentive you 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 could um, it certainly <laughs> has been tried uh, with some success by others um but yeah and and uh, the best part is that it, it's all it's all ready yeah yeah, yeah. you're all set what... to go uh, like, you actually always, have the you have always. the physical books or you're waiting mm-hmm. you'll go you go print them once you get the money in. Well, we've got the physical proofs. Yes. So what happens is, yeah, that's uh, Mike is showing you, it's like the card deck you got there. Look. Yeah, it's multiple proofs of the card deck. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so we've got, we got the physical proofs in the books. So what happens is after the Kickstarter ends, yes. the PDFs go out immediately, as always yes. happens with our, with our Kickstarters, like within minutes. Yep. Uh, and then uh, as soon as the Kickstarter fund's clear, we order the print runs. Yep. And the uh, print books get printed and shipped. Nice, nice. It sounds very, very solid. Um, and so what 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 about like so, you know, um I did I do actually remember seeing a touch of class uh, mm. the first time it came out. Uh, I I looked at it uh, and at that time I was like just still like learning um how to play how to run, because I didn't actually get a chance to play fifth edition yeah. at that time. I was like looking. I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems a bit odd." But but what about those people who backed the original um, Kickstarter? I mean, do do you have anything to offer them? They have already got updated PDFs of Potential Grass. They right. got them a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so everyone so, on the yeah everyone on the original Kickstarter who backed it got that. So if you if you got the original PDF in an entirely different fashion, then you will now have waiting for you on Drive Through RPG. A fantastic and, uh, updated version. The, the main thing, I guess, uh, would be like the cardcaster class. Um, I can say that three times fast with a mouthful of jelly baby sandwiches. Um, this custom, this custom deck for the cardcaster class 
Uh, is that available? You can get that on the Kickstarter? Yep. Yeah. Yes, you can. And finally, you can also get yes. two starter sets for two, two adventure paths. Oh, what? What is this? So our two big adventure paths are War of the Burning Sky. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I did actually see this. I had just forgotten <laughs> because I was just wading through so much information about all the stuff that you're proposing mm. to bring out. Uh, it's like, yeah, no. Um, yeah, you've got like sort of the, the, sort of the pseudo-Victorian steampunk one. And I think we, we, we have actually talked previously on the podcast about the, what's it, the, the Burning Path? Is that, is that the right name for it? Should I say the sentence again then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> something along the lines of um, our two major uh, adventure paths are War of the Whirling Sky yes. and Zeitgeist the Gear of Revolution. Yes. And War of the Whirling Sky is a big epic magical war. Yes. And Zeitgeist is. How would you describe Zeitgeist, Mike? These um, ones you, Mike. It's more conspiracy, isn't it? It's more. It's more political, more conspiracy, more your your constables in the royal homeland constabulary. Yeah, you you engage in this epic four, 14, 13 adventure mm. battle against a cult called the Obscurani, mm. uh, who have infiltrated throughout society. It's really in depth and super long. <laughs> yeah. It is like I was thinking about the other day. I think it's in in excess of a million words. Wow. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure at this yeah. point it's an yeah. Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist has never, ever had a bad review. It's like critically, properly, properly critically acclaimed, that one is. Nice. And this is for 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, yeah. And you, you're you offering like some sort of steampunk extravaganza? Well, or... I wouldn't call it steampunk. Uh, not, not steampunk, okay. I, I'm it's just, slightly... I, I'm a simple man, slightly... I see a Zeppelin, I call it steampunk. It's, slight, it's slightly ahead of medieval. Is, oh, okay. So, you know, yeah, punk. I get you. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... I mean, there's it's, Victorian elements. you got railroads. Yeah, it's got, okay. it's got railroads and guns, I suppose. Old, yeah. old guns, but... Uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't call it steampunk. There are top hats. You see, that's the thing. I'm seeing Zeppelins, I'm seeing top hats, I'm seeing railroads. I'm thinking Victorian, I'm thinking steampunk. Yeah. But, but Russ, Russ it's, is saying it's not steampunk. I'm a but no, it is, it is uh, definitely, it's definitely, no, it's pre-steampunk, I okay. think. It's got elements. It's got elements of it. It's got some sprinkling of it, but it's... I would, yeah. Pre-steampunk is a good way of putting it. Those two adventure paths. Yes, yes. And we are offering starter sets for both of the adventure paths, which consist of the first adventure and two guides, one of which is for uh, players with a bunch of player options and background info. So you might get some new sort of subclasses, some new equipment, all that sort of stuff, player-based stuff. Uh, and one for GMs, which basically outlines the entire 13 adventures all in advance, so you know what's coming. Uh, gives you a bunch of new rules for GM's information and monsters and NPCs and stuff like that. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so each of those consists of three soft cover books. Yes. And uh, what sort of levels does it cover? Uh, both of them start at level three, I believe. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and they go on to, I think it's the mid-teens, Ooh, I think. I mean, okay. uh, what, would you, what would you say Stoic Coast is going to hit, Mike? 14th level? 14th, 15th, yeah. Yeah. Maybe 16th even? That's a big boy. Sounds chunky. Yeah. Yeah. So do you realise that means the Kickstarter in total has... Yes. Nine books, one of which is a hardcover. Yes. 28 PDFs. Yes. And a card deck. Seems solid. That's a lot of stuff. Like... Yes. A couple of hundred thousand words there. I'm... I'm, 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 I'
couple hundred pages at that point, I think, mm. would be the better way to well, put okay. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that, that does sound very exciting. And that, and if you're listening to this podcast and it's before, what, probably like the 5th, yeah, probably like the, ooh, how I'm 12, plus 18. If it's before the 18th of July, 2019... Mm then you could still get in on this exciting goodness. Um, yeah. We'll yeah. be keeping you posted, obviously, uh, as the thing goes on. But, yeah. Um, Assuming it does well. Pass. If it does really badly, we might not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's... Sweet under the rug. I think it's going to do okay. We've done everything right. I mean, we've got a mailing list oh, set Richard, up. We've got now. promotion lined up. We've got yeah. everything. Done everything by the book. Done it correctly. Done it right. Yeah. You know. If it, if it goes wrong, it's not because we did it wrong. Oh, we should mention mythological figures. Uh, the um, I have a column on EM World that posted on Monday where, where we put up a build of a character done using uh, the D&D oh, is that you? And oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. me. Okay, cool. Uh, you, glad you've enjoyed. Yeah, I'm always surprised. A lot of people read those. Yeah, they're quite popular. I yeah, did not realize a ton of people. Read um, so was, we started with. Uh, Tesla, right? Was that the first to touch a class when we did? No, Sherlock was the first one. Sherlock Holmes is a salon. Yes. And then uh, Tesla went up as a tinkerer. Mm-hmm. And then today uh, was Billy the Kid as a gunfighter. And then uh, next week is Paul Bunyan as a monster tamer. Okay. The week after that is uh, Houdini as a fate bender. And then finally is uh, Vlad the Impaler as a uh, revised He's occultist. nice, Vlad the Impaler. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Good to his mother. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the other thing, of course, Mike, you are the editor of Insider and have been for how long now? Year ish? Yeah, uh, fourteen months or oh, something like that. Blimey. Yeah. So Insider is our fifth edition magazine. I say magazine, but it's PDFs. Yeah, and five either, as I like to call yeah. it. And yeah. each each week we produce a different article or adventure. At the moment, I'm really liking the phase it's going through at the moment with those mini adventures. Oh. They, I think that's yeah. some of the best stuff we've ever done. I really, really like them. Uh, that Andrew Engelbright guy, he is my favorite mm. new author. I, the the supplemental adventure he did, uh, because I, the, I like, the mini adventures are cool, but the supplementals are where it's like, it appears multiple times during yeah. the campaign. So like you can just include it as like a side thing, really, like, you know, 10 minutes in one game, and then a couple weeks later, another 10 minutes, and then the player's like, well, that's familiar. And then a couple weeks later, another 10 minutes, and the player's like, okay, now wait a minute. Now we gotta, there's something going on, we gotta do mm. this. Like that, that's what I'm about. Mm. Yeah. You can include it in the campaign, it doesn't have to like stop everything for two sessions or whatever. Like, yeah. And they're really good because they're only like four or five pages long, aren't they? They're short, they're short adventures. They're really, really easy to slot into your game. Yeah. And a couple could be used as one shots yeah. too. Just like, oh, I only got, you know, a weekend to play. And like, okay, well, here's an 11th, 12th level thing for. A bunch of people screwing in the woods, and it's a demons behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Insiders, where all of the classes from a touch more class came from as well, and a touch off class. Yes. They originally got published in Insider, and then they've been revised and lots of feedback since and stuff like that. A lot of playtesting. Uh, yeah, when I started, one of the things I, I quickly figured out after doing the dive list and the, the Feywalker and the Occultist is like you can't you can't build a class properly in three thousand words for mm. right. You, you just can't like if you go and you read all the like words for the fighter and the rogue and you just look at the very simplest stuff it's four thousand words and like how much simpler do you get for a concept than the mm. fighter right so then, yeah uh, we did the the class articles we broke them up into two different things so each could have enough space to so, so, mm. yeah. that's why I think a touch more class is ultimately 
much stronger because like we got to, to to make them the way you're supposed mm. to. Do this. Mm. Oh, that seems like a. It's been. How long has the project been uh, ongoing then? Uh, over a year. I've been planning this guy for at least the, uh, my my yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been planning for over. Yeah, because I think it was about a year ago I said to you, wasn't it? Right, a touch more class did really well. We want to do that again. Yeah. With a whole bunch of new classes. Mm. And you you, you outdid and, uh, yourself because... I did not do the gunfighter. Yeah. The gunfighter was James's oh, well, last yeah, okay. class yeah. for he had, mm. he had editor Ian Sider. Yeah. Although I like it. Uh, like, there wasn't a lot of problems. I didn't have to do a bunch of fixes mm. to it. Uh, so, like, you know, good job, James and Walt. Uh, but, I mean, you outdid yourself because uh, a touch of class had what seven classes, and a touch more class has nine of them. Well, I mean, how could we have it be a touch more class without having more? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Go, go big or go home. It's exactly. a solid mantra to go with. Exactly. Yeah. So for people who haven't got either book, they'd be picking yeah. up sixteen new character classes. Oof. That's a lot of extra character classes. That is a lot of extra character classes. Well, insider and a touch more class aren't the only things you do, Mike. You've got your own stuff going on as well. You've got uh, well, Miss Akuma, well. for example. Yes. Big adventure I did not write, but a guy that I picked up off of the Insider wrote, that Andrew Engelbreit guy, uh, called Honorable Wills. It's almost 100 pages. Mm-hmm. It's freaking fantastic. Yeah. It involves, at the very end, so you, you, you travel all over these two prefectures chasing after the descendants of this... Uh, Really nice old woman who you meet initially on, save, then she dies. And then in order for like everybody to get access to her vast fortune, you need to either redeem her offspring or kill them. Uh, so you go around killing or redeeming offspring. And they've all like fallen to crime. So one's like a thief, the other guy's just a gambler. One's a thuggish assassin, two are pirates. Um, and then the last one is like a crazy mad scientist who's been like re-enslaving the water foam. Mm. Um, and uh, there's like a big dungeon delve there that I spent uh, several days making the maps for. Uh, which are nice. Yeah, so that's coming out. And then um, when I made it, uh, you will notice, you guys can see this, that it has black page backgrounds and mm. one text. Yeah, oh, I noticed that. And my books, yeah. publisher complained to me at length and a lot, and uh, he just did me a solid, so I spent a week and I, I put it all in a yellow uh, linen type yeah. paper background mm. with black text. Yes. Uh, because working with yes. all black so. would be quite hard. I imagine so. that's a lot of ink. So, so, so how would you, how would you describe Mists of Akuma then? Uh, it is Eastern Fantasy Noir Steampunk for Fifth Edition or Shadow. Well, that's you told. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been asked that question it's, before. It's really uh, anybody who's seen uh, Afro Samurai, that is the, the best, quickest analog. Okay. Um, what else is good? Iron Fortress of Kabinari, which is a little more mm-hmm. obscure, also would be a great analog. Uh, Ninja Scroll, but with uh, like some steampunk mm-hmm. editing. And when I, and the reason it's always described Eastern Fantasy Noir mm-hmm. steampunk is because it's built for the steampunk to be removed. Uh-huh. Right? So if you don't want steampunk, because I know a lot of people don't, uh, you can just take the four prefectures that rely on science, they're all on the corners of the map, and just Take them off the map. And then there's uh, directions on the first page. Like, here's what you remove. Uh, because everybody treats it as uh, witchcraft. Yeah. It's essentially witchcraft. Um, so the mists have come, and they strip people of their dignity and change them into these, like, fast, semi-intelligent zombies. Okay. Uh, but items can be changed into Sukumugami, which are from Japanese folklore. After 100 years, an item uh, might gain mm-hmm. sentience. And then if it was treated well, it's, like, friendly and cool. If it was treated badly, then it is a monster. Mm-hmm. And in the case of technology, it's, there's a lot of war weaponry mm-hmm. left over. So, like, 
it's great that you have that gun, but the Mr. Fukuma might come, and then it might bite you in the hand and shoot you in the face. So, like, there's a good reason to be afraid of technology. Mm. And, and yeah, that's, that's the sobering mm. in the box. So, how, how's that doing for you? Oh, awesome. I think it is, like, the best-selling thing for Storm Bunny yeah. Studios, and has been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's finding its following. People are digging it. I'm very happy. Uh, Audible Wills is the seventh adventure, and I have a big old... I sold my last copy of it at that con. Uh, I have a big, giant 400-page adventure yeah. uh, from the first six adventures. So, so it's um, sort of... It's, it's actually out already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, like, it's not coming to Kickstarter. It's no. something you finished. You can buy it right now from... Uh, what did you say it was called? Storm Bunny Studios. Storm Bunny Studios. Mm. There you go. Excellent the companion book, is out, book to the Adventure Path out. <laughs> yeah thanks Mike. for coming on Mike yes oh thank you for having me on I'm sorry that my uh, uh, equipment is all from 1994 <laughs> well, oh, of course of course the, one, the other thing that I forgot to mention that Mike is yeah. responsible for is he wrote yes. now which is the oh. middle part of the yeah. what's on his new trilogy you'll wait until the end of the podcast to mention he wrote now. I meant to mention it earlier, but then I forgot. And then I plugged it. I was like, that would be a great companion book yeah, for yeah. now. I was like, oh, well, that seems like a reasonable thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what like we're working for the publisher. The, yeah, my name's no. on the front of it yeah. and the side of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like you approach the subject. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> it hardly seems worth mentioning that of the uh, core books for the generic role-playing system that we have created, that we, we, we now have... All of the creators of all of the books. Maybe books here, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that might have been, that might have been worthwhile mentioning. I'd just say, like, maybe 90 minutes earlier. Well, it did, it did enter my head 90 minutes earlier. It just didn't come out of my mouth for some reason. I got sidetracked into something else. And so much else does. So what happened back then, because the original Kickstarter of What's Old is New was literally just old and new. Yes. There wasn't going to be a modern one. We had the fantasy, and, we had the science fiction. It was yeah. exciting. Yeah, and then Mike Mike contacted me and said, "Look, do you want to do a do you want to do a middle one?" And I went, "Do I want to do a middle one?" No. no. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then he said, "No, no this. you you were all like, hey, 'Hey, I'm thinking of stretch goals, everybody. What should I do for a stretch goal?'" And I was like, "Do a middle book. Here's the table of contents." And that was the cell. It was yeah. the table of contents. Once once Mike offered to do the middle one, <laughs> then it became a reality. And it's a really good book. I'm really, really like now, especially all the detailed martial arts in there and oh, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, so touch a, touch a class, launching tomorrow or yesterday, yes. depending on whether you're us or whether you're a listener. Or sometime in the past, but either way, if you're in before July 18th, yeah. like that, uh, 2019, uh, then it w- it's an excellent time and you should get in on that because it's going to be epic. And there will be a link in the show notes to the Kickstarter. And by the time you hear this, it will have already made a hundred million pounds. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Keep dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. Um, uh, uh, as I say, I, I really hope you appreciate the, um, the the speedy professionalism with which uh, we managed to dispatch this show and bring it to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who have we got on next week Peter do you remember um is it Ash Law oh, is that next week uh, that I think Ashley is coming on the 24th if I remember um that is if, in fact next week is it next week mm. oh marvellous then that's when they'll be coming on the show <laughs> okay then 
Yes. Say Ashley, Ashley Law. Law. Ashley Law uh, of First oh, Day fame. Okay. Uh, 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 they, right, cool. Uh, she's been working on lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Uh, and lots and lots and lots and lots of thirteenth age related things, including my favourite thirteenth age supplement of all time, which is Deep Magic, uh, mm. which is just basically the Wizard's Guide to Shenanigans. So thank you everybody for listening. It's been a blast as always. We're heading out now. We'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me, Russ. That's goodbye from me, Pete Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. And, and goodbye from me, Mike Miller. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.